bitch. You need to hear this. Hello, hello, and welcome to the bitchiest podcast in all of the land. Bitch, you need to hear this, and I am your bitchiest host, Katie P. Welcome to part two of Jordan's story. If you haven't listened to part one, I recommend that you go back and listen to that first before diving into part two. They are two separate things, and I originally wasn't going to include part one on the public podcast, but I changed my mind because I think the context is important because a lot of the way that Jordan and I's relationship developed had a lot to do with um, racial identity and experiences that we had together that were directly related to Jordan and her story. And so I think it is really important for you guys to kind of understand the context. So go back to part one if you haven't and listen to that. I'm going to ease us back in to continuing Jordan and I's conversation we had about um, her racial identity as being a biracial woman. And this part two is going to cover generally Jordan's own experiences. And whereas part one really covered her friendship breakup and how Jordan and I met and connected. And then today's episode will kind of dive into what that meant for Jordan and the big picture for her as a biracial woman and how she navigates her own life doing that. So I think this is an amazing conversation. I am so excited for you guys to hear it. I really encourage you to be, as you're listening, reflecting on your own racial biases, um, your own identity, and how you show up in the world and how you interact with other people that have a different racial identity than you do. I am so happy to be bringing you this really open and transparent conversation between two women, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Alrighty, without further ado, let's dive in. I am grateful that we can record this episode and talk about something that impacts a lot of people, and I think that situation with Bueller, I have a very different, like, I mean, I obviously acknowledge that it was wrong that he said those things, but I'm privileged as a white woman. So like my experience and my response to that is totally different than yours is as a biracial woman. Right. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. I think it does open up a bigger conversation to what are your experiences dating biracially? What is it like dating white men? (laughs) And what are their experiences and like whatever, again, I said this, whatever you're comfortable sharing, you can share, um, whatever you're not, you don't have to, but I, I think it, I think a lot of people can, can at least relate to having some type of, um, experience based on their identity, whether it's being, whether it's your racial identity, your religious identity, your ethnic identity, um, your sexual orientation, all the things that mm-hmm. definitely plays a role as a, as a woman, and especially your social when you're trying- class too. Your, yes, your status. Yeah, yeah. And class yeah. can also impact that as well. That's a huge thing, and I think that that impacts me more than my social class impacts me more than I talk about because I, I like technically am very very privileged, and 
I've been a lot of people that don't like me like the first thing they like to call out is that I come from money and that I am very privileged in that regard so like I don't talk about it that much but I have found that it impacts dating a lot and especially men's very fragile egos um that you know that like they either feel some type of way and Bueller was one of these people you like feel some type of way about what they do or don't bring to the table based on what I do or don't have and it is it is something that impacts dating so I couldn't but but I'm very privileged like and I acknowledge my privilege I think we all should acknowledge our privilege and be open and be willing to open up and have a conversation and listen to somebody that maybe doesn't experience that and what is their experience like and at least hold space for it and hear it I'm not going to sit here and be like I know exactly what it's like to date as a biracial woman because I don't I mean like I would and I would never try to compare what I do struggle with to being a biracial woman because it's not the same it's just it's simply not so I'm excited to hear kind of like what your early experiences were what you're currently dealing with obviously you know Sloan and Bueller thing definitely (laughs) threw you for a loop and probably caused you to think a little bit more deeply about what it means to you to be biracial and what that means in your relationships with other people that aren't um at least it would for me I don't know but I think all those things are really relevant so like I guess, like, let's start with, like, kind of your early experiences. Like, what do you first remember about kind of, like, realizing and acknowledging that you were biracial and that, like, what did that mean? How did that make you different? I know where you grew up, where you grew up, the listeners don't, but give us some context and some background. Yeah, so my mother is a white woman and my biological father was African-American. So I was born December of 1995. Um, you baby. Hey, <laughs> I don't feel like a baby, but, um, but yeah, so, um, just for context, um, my biological father, um, was only in my life until I was about five months old. Uh, and that's when my mother and my biological father, uh, got a divorce. So I don't have any memories of my biological dad, who's African-American, um, no memories with him, no memories like with his family. Um, all I remember is being with my mom and her parents, who are my grandparents. So basically, I was a cute little biracial girl just raised in an all-white family, all-white community. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, you grew up in a all-white community that is not far from the very white community that I grew up in. Yeah, so I did. So I grew up in Oxford, Michigan. Um, that's where I went to school, K through 12. And even before that, growing up, I feel like I don't really have memories thinking like, oh, yeah, like I look so different. Maybe it's just because I was so young. And like when you're like that young, like you don't really have like really the vocabulary to explain. Sure how you're feeling or like how you fit in and things like that but also too like I had such an amazing family like Mm -hmm. my aunts and my cousins and my grandparents like they just were all amazing like I'm just privileged I grew up in a family that was not racist and like my grandparents accepted me for who I was and stuff like that because I've heard horror stories of you know, some biracial people being like, oh, yeah, like, my mom's parents were mad that I was born because, like, 
Oh, I, yeah. Literally, yeah, like, heard heard stuff like that. Stories. So, sure. like, that was never the case for me. Um, So, when my mom divorced my biological dad, she got married to my dad now, um, who is a white man. Um, But he started dating my mom when I was, like, two. So, like, I don't really have any other memories without him being there. Like, he's always been, like, dad to me. Um... So my mom married him, and then um, we moved to Oxford, Michigan as, like, a family of three. Um, And then they had my little brothers, who are obviously all white. But um, it wasn't until I moved to Oxford, I feel like, that I started to realize how There's also the age, right? You're getting more aware of, like, yourself. Yeah. And how you look. I was, like, six. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I started their kindergarten year and stuff like that. So it wasn't until then I feel like I started having memories of, like, dude, you're different. Like, you don't, like, look don't like look the like people these, around you. You don't look like these country kids. <laughs> and it's so fun. People are like, oh, Oxford's so country. I feel like we're not that country. No, we're not. No, <laughs> but I'm we like, are. we're not country. But, yeah, I mean, at the time, when I areas. was growing up, I also thought Oxford was kind of, like, out there. But having had a lot of experience with Oxford at this point, no, it's not as yeah. country as you think it is. Yeah. But There are areas, though, because, like, there are... Oh, there are very... Yeah. There are. But, yes. like, where I grew up. So, I grew up... In two different subdivisions in Oxford. So, like, very not there's farmland. Like a, there's, there's a couple big ones in yeah. there that a lot of kids grow up in that, yeah. you know, it's like a very suburbia. It's a very suburbia, like, upbringing for yeah. sure. Yes, I agree. Yes. But it's predominantly Caucasian. No doubt. Oh, yes. yes. And of the town, the political views are predominantly very conservative. And it's just, like... The majority is very conservative and white, you know? Yeah. It's not necessarily, like, I'm not saying that it's, like, hillbilly, but it's it's very white. Yes. So, and your whole family was white. So it wasn't like you weren't used to, like, being around white yes. people. Yes. You know? Like, it wasn't like that at all. But I don't think, I don't know. Did, did, do you have memories of kids noticing that you look different or asking you? Yeah. or? Yeah, and I think that's when you start to develop awareness, right? Of like, oh, I'm different, yeah. I've never even, like, it's like, I I mean, I don't know. It's like, I think when some, it's not in sometimes until someone points something out that you become aware of it when you're little. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, I didn't, you didn't think anything of whatever it was. Like, do you have an exact, like, an example of that happening? Oh, yes. It's like a core memory. Oh, go for it. <laughs> like, if you guys seen Inside Out. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, it was, like, the maybe the first week of kindergarten when I was on the bus. So, I have very curly hair that can be very big, wild, whatever. Um, my dad now, so not my... Whenever I refer to my dad, just it's in context, your, it's my dad now. Your adoptive who's dad. Yeah, it's my yes. adoptive dad. So, he has always, like, pumped me up about my hair. He's like, your hair is, like, so awesome. Like, and that's another thing, too. Like, I've been privileged in a family that has very much so been like you need to be like proud of like who you are and like don't be afraid mm-hmm. that you look different and this and the other thing but in kindergarten on the bus it was like the first week of school um I had my hair down and it was big wild whatever and there were these two uh, boys a couple years older than me making fun of my hair on the bus they were like why do you have an afro like what's wrong with your hair like why, why do you like why is your hair like that and I just remember, I didn't even know how to, like, I didn't even know what an afro was at that time. Like, I didn't even have the words to, like, respond back to them at that time. Like, I just didn't know what to say. And mm-hmm. I came home crying that day, and I, like, told my mom about it. And I was like, 
these kids on the bus were like saying I have an afro and like all this other stuff and I don't really remember what my mom's response was to that but like that is when I started to realize I was different and that like I may not fit in here yeah different but also like however you look isn't how you're supposed to look yeah or you know like I don't know I think I don't I think there's this misconception of that with it with I don't know with older generations for sure that like our generation is just um intrinsically really accepting of people that are different and or whatever we perceive is different to be and I wish that were true but it really isn't like no that honestly didn't start happening until I feel like like six years ago maybe yeah I feel like when we were kids though like if you were different or you looked a certain way or whatever I mean just you were gonna be bullied or Mm -hmm. at least it was gonna be pointed out or whatever so how did that progress as you got older? Like, did that continue? Did it get worse? Did, did, did you, like, how did you start to kind of develop a sense of identity and self around you, you being biracial and not being raised by, I mean, well, you were, ra- you were a biracial person, so you're inherently raised biracial, but not raised in a biracial family. Yeah, I was raised, like, in, like, a white family. Like, right. I was raised in white culture, whatever right. you want to call it. Right. Um, But I just remember, like, after that, I just remember feeling very confused and just very, like, alienated as Mm -hmm. a kid. I wonder if people that are adopted from other countries, like, like, I think. Oh, they might be. Yeah. You know, like, a lot of white families, like, we're adopting, like, kids from China. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they must have, like, a, that must be a similar kind of, I don't know, um, like a feeling of like just feeling really different really isolated not that your family makes you necessarily feel that way yes yeah but just the culture you grow up in the kids you go to school with all the things right yeah yeah so sorry take me back to like how that progressed with you so um so yeah that happened with my hair on the bus and I think like after that I hardly ever would like wear my hair down like, that was, like, pretty, like, traumatic for me. Yeah. And I never, like, wore it, like, all the way down. Like, it either have to be, like, up or different things just because I didn't control want. Control the poof. Control it. Like, yeah, right. I was a kid. And anyway, I can, like, control my hair. Like, right. that's what we got to do. And, you know, and I remember my dad being, like, oh, wow. Like, no, your hair is so awesome. Like, you need to wear it big and stuff like that. Um, Not if people are fucking making fun of it like you know as a kid it's like I don't want to do that like and I'm like trying my best to you know like to try and like fit in not make any attention to myself as Mm -hmm. a kid even though it's like no matter how hard I tried I think people always knew about like I look different like I could try so hard to just like fit in and like go unnoticed Mm. but you can't really do that when you're like the only not the only because there was a a couple handful of there was actually another biracial girl in my class who probably could very much so relate to um everything i'm saying right now and then there was like a couple other people who were like you know not white but not a lot but it's different because they had regular interactions with people that were both of their races you know what i mean like i feel like i feel like you like i have a friend that I think I've told you this before, but I have a friend that has that has like a similar upbringing to you, but flipped. Like she was 
she white passes but and is biracial but like was raised black like in a black family like culturally her adoptive dad is also black and her mom is black and so like for her it was like I remember her kind of saying it's like I don't quite fit in even like even to with some biracial kids because some biracial kids have a white mom and a black dad or you know vice versa Mm -hmm. and they were exposed to both sides of that family and both cultures so it's like I can imagine too like even other biracial kids you're in school with had a very different experience even that you were having yeah too so like it's layered is my point like it can be layered yeah and I think that's complicated for a kid yeah it's a lot and for just for context when Katie's like white passing I don't know if we need to like clarify we can just, yeah no let's define it um so white passing is when you are a biracial person whether if it's you are have a black parent and a white parent or a white parent and an Asian parent like you're biracial but you could go and say to people like oh yeah like I'm I'm white. And like you look at it and people wouldn't question it. People would just believe it. They'd be like, oh. And that is especially like back in the day, um, people could. That's how like some people survived back in the day before like civil rights and like when people are so racist. Like if, if you could pass as white as a biracial person and nobody questioned it, you were in. Yeah, you were white. And that's, and that's what got good. you up the ladder. You yeah. were in. Yeah. So there's a lot of historical context to that too. Yeah. Right. Of like, and what that even means. And I think, I think, you know, I, I also have a very, one of my best, best friends is white passing. Um, and she grew up, you know, her mom's a mixture of many things, but she's predominantly Hispanic, but she's also black and Indian and her dad's white as can be. And, um, but she's white passing. And we talk about this all the time is that like, it's just been, historically and she grew up in a very white community and whatever and it's just historically even very hard for her i think to relate socially because she to because she passes for white and she's just always like i feel like she was she was but well, i know i was i grew up with her she was raised white like yeah. you know in that culture and that society so i think now being adults and becoming aware of the historical back context of what it even means to be white passing do you feel like I, I've heard some people say this? Do you feel like well, you're? I mean, do you feel like there's guilt associated with that for some people? Some yes, like that there. I don't know what are they. Isn't there a term for it? It's not white guilt. I don't think it's white guilt either. It's something, I feel like there like might like be a term, term for it. But I'm like, a sociology minor. I should know this. But I've just like <laughs> so, like guilt around you know being identifying as biracial but having the privilege to not have to identify that as that when they don't need to or have to or whatever. Yes. Yes, there has to be some, I mean, I know there is, and there, I think there is a term for it, and I just don't know it right now, but, like, even there for me, a term for it. I can't think of it either. Uh, even for me, like, so I, I'm biracial, and I'm definitely not white passing. I'm not, yeah. not, just, that's how I'm made, I just, you know, I probably look more black than I do white, it just is what it is, but I, well, one, I could never claim that I'm white. <laughs> No. I couldn't. If I went in. Would you really want to? (laughs) Just kidding. Well, when I was younger. It was convenient. Yeah. No, that's what we're talking about. When I was younger. There were times that you did, right? There was times as a kid I'd go to bed crying, wishing I'd wake up white. And that's the fact. That's a fact. I don't know if my family ever knows that. So my mom will probably listen to this. But there (laughs) were times that I would cry and just wish I was white. Just like my family 
and my community there was times I just was like why did I have to be different part white yeah yeah no I I mean I I believe that (laughs) I 100% believe that and I think that's really valid like when everybody looks a certain way and you don't fit that mold it's it's inherently human to want to look the same because and it's and it's a survival mechanism and that's why like women want to look how the magazines look and that's why like all like we all want to conform and look to whatever society standards are whatever the majority is doing i mean it's partly because we want to blend with the pack i mean that's just it's like almost evolutionary but we're way more evolved than that and like super and sometimes hyper aware of what that really means and so i think in the last few years right we were just saying that in the last five six years or so there's been this huge shift and celebrating your who you are Mm -hmm. and your and your identity whatever it is and but it's not as like people assume because the mainstream media is like oh like it's awesome to be whatever you are and like we promote whatever size you are whatever color you are whatever gender you are whatever it's at the end of the day that's that may very well be what the media portrays that we should do but that's not what's happening right and that's not like oh yeah that's awesome you're like this that's not awesome i was crying wishing i was white like that's not an awesome thing and like you know i remember my younger brother so i have three younger brothers are all white but i remember some of my brothers asking my like and they didn't obviously they're children like they didn't know what they were saying but like they'd ask like why is jordan brown like why does jordan look this way and like why is jordan like why does she not look like us or why is her hair like this and like i remember sometimes not crying and then other times i do remember crying because it just would just reiterate you're different like you're different somehow different is not okay yeah it's inherently worse or not as good or there's something wrong with it and when you feel isolated and alone in that it's incredibly difficult and hard to cope with i mean especially as a young person as a kid that you know you didn't have necessarily i mean yeah the internet's there but it's like I don't know it's just it's so it's like there's there is definitely a dissociation between what you see online and what you see on tv versus what's happening in your day-to-day and when people yeah. close to you face to face are like you're different and this that like that's weird or I, that's confusing it's like well if it's weird or confusing is it wrong right is it bad yeah you know and you start to kind of just you know create those stories about yourself in your mind even if that's not what the person intended yeah you know the intent like didn't we say this in the patreon episodes like your perception is your perception it's like your intention is your intention but whoever however it's perceived right like is is different and that might not might not be the same that doesn't make it any less valid yes so for how i identify so i'm not white passing i could never just go up to white people and be like i'm white they would I don't even want to know what would happen to me. But like, and like, yeah, just like oh, and, okay. and yeah, and what else? And then it's like, um, I don't consider myself just black either. No. It's like, I'm here because my mom's white and my biological dad is black. So like, I just like, people, people ask like, oh, so what do you identify as? It's biracial because that's who I am. Because I would feel like I can't just say I'm just black or I'm just white because that's just not it. I am, I'm biracial and that's how I identify as. And, 
I feel like some people are like, oh, yeah. And then other people, I feel like, oh, well, okay. Not that nice. Like, you don't have to understand, I guess. But that's my identity. Do Just like other- how some people don't understand, like, if people who have, like, they, them pronouns. It's like, you don't have to understand. That's that's their identity. And that's how they want to move through the world. So respect it. Do other people that are technically biracial identify as something else? They could. And, like, this is, like, my story and, like, not other people's. And if someone who's biracial wants to identify as white, you do you. Like, that yeah. is totally fine. But for me, I'm biracial. I'm, that's just the only way I identify as. And Do you think it's, like, now, I mean, looking back as an adult, because at one point as a kid you wanted to be white passing and you wanted to be white, but as an adult now, are you grateful for the, like, not experience but like the um like level of understanding it's provided you in life like how like and what it's what do you do you align more with the gifts and lessons that it's given you being biracial or do you feel resentful of it more I definitely don't feel resentful of it anymore I it's like an everyday thing too, you know, that I have to be like, this is who I am. And like, I love myself. It's like an everyday commitment. That could be for like anybody too. Like, sure. You know, for like it's very a, different people, reasons. You're not yes. just going to wake up one day and be like, oh, I love myself. That's just <laughs> not. That would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. But it isn't like an everyday thing, to, you know, to accept and to like practice and to like love yourself. But I do think it, my experience as a biracial woman in like a pretty much all white community, all white family has made me a very very understanding person especially to people who are different um it has like and that's why i feel like i'm so passionate about you know therapy and like mental health and like social justice it has made me very much so a person who is like well let's let's examine it from this angle that a lot of people don't want to do it so but let's do it because it's we might be missing something. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. And My whole I, life was uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I, and I think for me, like being, and just to provide context as we go into this conversation about dating, because we're both single and technically like I'm about to start dating. So whatever, we can both say we're dating. But, <laughs> but for me, it's like, obviously I'm white. I always grew up in that privilege and I never had to like think differently or I never had, I never had to um think about my race ever like I, yeah. I never I ne- like it was not something I was required to do I have there I have distinct memories of when I first learned that like race was even an issue or like a, a quote-unquote thing of like I remember first learning about Dr. Martin Luther King and I remember as like I was really little obviously when I learned about that and I remember being like so just um I don't know just so like mind blown I guess as a kid that like people worried about that shit and it like and I was just like why does that matter because I mean but like at the time I like yes I grew up in a very white family and whatever but like my neighbor like my neighbor to the right was from India my neighbor to the left were black so I just like assumed that everybody was different like I don't know it just really did not occur to me that that was like an issue ever so I remember that's surprising sorry not to like I didn't, grow, I didn't grow up in that the town I graduated high school from. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I moved there. So I okay. moved there when I was in eighth grade. Um, okay. So where I grew up, where I went to high school was very, very white and very, very conservative and very, very racist, like straight up racist. And there was a lot of things I witnessed as a teenager that I, that I, that was, that was so wrong. Yeah. 
And, but I had that experience as a kid growing up in a very diverse community. Yeah. And so for me, like I always was like that just always really bothered me. And, but I never had to reconcile my own race. Like I, I, you know, I could recognize that it was like bad for other people and like that was wrong, but it was never like, well, what does that mean about me? Right. It's a very different level of pain. And it's like you can feel bad. Like I can oh, I like feel- have compassion. For yeah, but it's person. like, but I can't firsthand. I don't have firsthand experience. I can't that. like I can't be like I mean I've had a lot of first. Uh, you got you like y'all. You've heard parts one through three. Okay, I've had a lot of experiences of being sad about myself and my like. Well, we all do, right? Like yes, yeah. I'm not saying that I never experienced pain, but it never about my race. And and so I felt like a lot of compassion when I when I moved out of that really diverse community into a non-diverse community at all. I remember so vividly me and my brother went and like toured the school, uh, the middle school that we were transferring to. And him and I just looked at each other and it was during a passing time. And, he, and it was kind of like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? But like, we didn't want to like say it, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> and finally my brother goes, like, where are the black people? And like, and I'm like, dude, like, where though? Like, we both <laughs> were just like, fucking, like, why are they all white? Like, it's weird, right? You know, and it just, and I, and we still, my brother and I will still bring that up, like, to this day of just, I love that you were confused about that. Of like, we were literally like, what the fuck? And like, my parents, like, when my parents picked us up, and like, they're like, how was your school tour? And we were like, your shadow tour, or whatever. And we were like only white kids there's no like it was like our immediate impression right you know and I think so for me it was just it was a little different but but I very it was amazing to me and I watched my brother do this more so even than I did because my brother when we went to like the old school that was very diverse he had a ton of black friends like always all of his friends are black and so he like loved that. Like he really tried to like a bit like get into the, the like that culture and like we were like you need to chill. Like you're not actually black. Like just remember that you're not actually. Like you need to like understand that those right. are your friends and like that's great. But like you can't like act, like you can't pretend that you're something you're not because right. it, it's um, appropriation and it's not appropriate. <laughs> yes, and, yes. And <laughs> not appropriate at all. Yeah. So there was that fine line, but it was amazing. For to watch to, and then to look back on really of how quickly as teenagers, my brother and I just so easily assimilated into like our majority. Like once we got into the all white school, it was yeah. like not that I like totally forgot, but I kind of did. For like forgot years. like what it was like in your di- a diverse other communities. Yeah, oh, that like yeah. it just it didn't bother me anymore, or it didn't like it didn't um I didn't notice it anymore. Right, you weren't like that's weird. Yeah, no, nope. I saw like, to- I noticed yeah. didn't notice it. It didn't cross my mind even to this day. Like going out in my hometown, it's I go to any restaurant, it's almost all white people eating, yeah. and occasionally when I go out to eat with someone that's not from there, they'll point it out. And it's not, it's still not something I notice until someone else points it out. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, I know. It's, I'm, but like, I'm also like, yeah, I know. Like when the person says it, I'm like, trust me, I know. But like. I don't want to talk about it right now. But if I, but if I were a different, like if I were black, I think I would notice it constantly. Like, I think it was something that I would at least like register. It would at least register and it doesn't register. And I, and I, and that it was like, it's kind of sad how quickly it took for it for me to not even register it yeah so then when I went to college 
And I, again, was put in a very diverse setting. And not only that, and not, this, is called, this is undergrad and grad school, I started to learn a lot more about social justice and, like, oh, my God, I'm going to say it, critical race theory. Um, Shh. Shh. Don't say that. <laughs> um, started to learn about, but really social justice, like, and I got such a different perspective as an adult. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I felt, um, I guess I just, I, I think that was, like, the first time I consciously recognized my privilege of, like, oh, like, that's not great that that like happened well, the way it did you know what i mean that's funny you say that because no i know almost pretty much exactly what you mean because i feel like like as a kid the stuff i went through as a biracial person like a pretty much all-white community like i knew it like wasn't cool but like i don't think it was until i had my first sociology class my sophomore year at oakland university in college that I realized, like, a lot of the shit I went through was, like, racist stuff. Like, it was, like, fucked up. Like, it wasn't until in college I, like, sat back and was, like, looking at some of the memories I had that were kind of, like, unsettling back then. I was like, yo, like, you just, like... That, that was, was like, a microaggression. That was a microaggression. I learned the term microaggression. Could you define microaggression for the listeners? I can, too. I can I can piggyback off of you. You can do it. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't like pull up like a textbook definition <laughs> of microaggression, but just like a um, casual definition of it is essentially it's somebody that makes a racially charged comment or um, I don't know, like comment or just like does action against a person of color that um, inherently insults their identity or their race, but it's in such a subtle way that you do that, that the person of color may not even initially register that it is a act of like technically um, prejudice. And that's what I went through like throughout all my schooling. And like, I didn't realize I had all these microaggressions throughout my entire like elementary, middle school high school like example like I had some guys call me like caramel macchiato or shit like that like I mean caramel macchiatos are good you're like, you're like well like isn't that a good thing <laughs> you're right, well, I'm like I ordered that you're so like, like that's good like, but like, ooh, like that's like kind of like sexy like you have like a but nice it's like stuff like color. that it's no not like, but it is it's not like they're like, going up to white girls and be like you're my vanilla bean latte <laughs> They no, don't do that. Not. I promise you they're not on pale as fuck and no one's they ever don't said that. They don't say that. It's they right. don't. No. That's the point. It's not right. Like right. No, it is. It, that technically is. Or like, I remember so vividly I was in a social justice class in grad school. And this was one. And it's a kind of like, a, I, it's not a core memory, but I just remember it so vividly because it was something that as a privileged white person did not occur to me that this would be a thing or that somebody would say this or think this. I know I really don't even would whatever people are dumb as fuck, but, <laughs> yes. um, there was this girl that was in our class that is like black, like not biracial, but like identifies yeah. as black, whatever. And she's darker skinned. And she was talking about a story of like when she worked at a daycare at one point and the daycare that she worked at predominant, like the children that attended were also predominantly black. And somebody gave her shit for, like, putting sunscreen on the little kids. And they were like, you don't, they don't need that. They're black. 
And Wait, she who was, was saying like, that? Who was saying? Was it a white person saying? I don't. Re- I don't. Needed sunscreen. I don't remember if it was a white person or it was. I, I don't know why someone of color would say that, but like I don't think it was. I don't remember who said it, or what what race that person was. So I don't want to say because I don't remember. But it was a moment for her of like wait, what? Or like only like put more, it was something of like put more sunscreen on the lighter skinned kids or like, it was just like Uh, really fucking inappropriate and weird of like whatever they said. And it was like, and then it sparked this whole conversation in our class of like someone, like someone that was white was like, well, like, I mean, like, like someone like in a, in a very non-aggressive way. I don't even think it was a microaggression. They were like, was like they're like there's like really actually no factual basis to that right and like we all like went on this whole conversation or i i, I didn't say anything because i have no fucking idea but i was just listening of like are black people supposed to wear sunscreen or they're not and it's like um yes they are what the fuck like we all can get skin cancer yeah but like <laughs> they do but do they need 50 spf no, probably not probably not but they like, have more melanin in their skin that's what makes it darker yeah but like it's like they should like they need they to be wearing sunscreen too but like yeah, yeah. Do they need like a hundred SPF like I do? Right? No. Fucking pale ass skin that <laughs> no. burns the second it touches the sun. No. Yes. Like yeah. I, I have burned. I have had some, probably not as significant burns as you have had. Oh no, yeah. Um, and I mean, if that's a privilege for that's, me, cool. yeah. You, I don't you, know. You but, own that one. But like, uh, like if it I sucks. go to Florida, if I go to Florida, and if I am not at least wearing like fifteen SPF, I have made the mistake before. I'm like, I'll be fine. I'm not fine. Yeah. If I don't put on it some sort of sunscreen, fine. like I'm like I'm not fine. But yeah. yeah, no, and like, but I think little things like that, like they add up over time. These microaggressions, yeah. right? They add up over time, and they, and like I can think of quote unquote microaggressions. It's just about being a woman. I mean, like oh, there's, yes. there's like there's so many different situations that you can apply to if you have if you're any type of minority that apply to like what that feels like of just it's this like like you said unsettling it's just this like weird comment that someone makes that in the moment you're like that wasn't overtly aggressive but it made me feel a little weird and I'm just gonna ignore it yeah like I'm not gonna be super confrontational because I don't even know what I would say that's how I've experienced people saying some weird underhanded shit to me that's how I interpret like that's how I respond of like that was weird but like I don't even know why it was weird (laughs) but the pro the the thing with microaggressions that make it problematic is like it's like micro so like for example I was called like caramel macchiato if I were to be like I'm offended by that or I don't think that's nice that person would be like chill like why you're so are you, sensitive why are you freaking out like yeah. that's the thing like it's almost it's like i don't want to say like a cop out but like you can say stuff like that but and then if it's challenged by the person you're saying it to like you then they look like they're they're the sensitive ones and it's like okay well you're the one who's insecure and have all these problems blah 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 so that's what can be very problematic about microaggressions is like then if you're mad about it, you, you look like well, it ends up being the crazy more, or not crazy, yeah, person, but, but it ends up but being like being like the shitty for you. Yes, so like, it's like you just sit there and like you're kind of an awkward smile and you're just like, oh, well. I think that's I think that's an experience for women, but I think it's even more of an experience of like um, biracial women and women of any type of other race other than being white, of like even more so of like if I call this person out it's going to be harder for me. It's ultimately going to cause me more anguish than if I just ignore it. And if I just 
look the other way and I allow them to say whatever thing right. triggered me or like made me slightly uncomfortable even. And it's not that like we have to call out and call to the carpet every single thing someone says. Right. But and I don't think we have to be confrontational. No. About everything. Like I don't think that's I also don't think that's the point of what a microaggression is or like what but it's acknowledging that like it that you're not gonna get it perfect all the time. Like I've definitely said something as as, like in my privilege that like did not land well with some like someone of color. I can't I'm trying to think of an example right now. Something's just stupid as fuck I said but like it's not coming to me <laughs> but definitely I know I have oh I'll, I'll talk about my friend that is um white passing that that I met in grad school and I've actually reached out to her about this since because I like so I cringe when I think about it but when and she was like yeah Katie like you, like get in line like you know I feel like you're not the first one that ever said anything like that and I was like okay I know but like fuck me for that um but when I first realized that she was biracial, I was fucking shook. Like, I was, I mean, and I could have done a way better job of, um, not, I mean, concealing it. I was just like, not like, why is it, like, why did I do that such a reaction to that? Right. Because like, then, it, yes, because then it's like, whoa. It's like, like, what? I was like, literally like, no way. Like, I remember just being like, there's no fucking way that you're at, you're black or whatever. Because it, it insinuates, like, that they're that if like it just I think it, of you so differently now. I'll, yeah, like, and it's just kind of like, like what? And your point is like, like okay, what's the point? that's a microaggression, right? And so, um, I remember, but but then I made it like I feel like I don't know if I I don't know if she she might say, and we're, like we still keep in touch to this day, like we are you know we're very good yeah. terms, whatever. But she might say like I don't know if she could point out an ex- a memory of this, but I remember inter- I would introduce her to people, and I would be like she's actually half black oh my god yes oh. it's so cringy i'm making a face right yes now. <laughs> it's a, yeah George making a face because oh. it's that cringy i don't know if i like did it that overtly like i don't know if i was like and this is so-and-so and she's half i don't think i like did it like that right but like still but, like, just like oh you thought like i'm like and this is my friend Katie. She's white. <laughs> he literally was like, like what the fuck? It's at least one of the first five things I would describe this girl as. And it's like, why? And like, and she has, she's a, an amazing advocate. She's also a school psychologist. Love that. And she's written a book um, about, it's called, well, I don't want to identify her, so I'm not even talking about what her book, well, I'm not going to talk about you're going to tell me what it is after this. But, um... She's amazing, and she's a great advocate. And the the book that she wrote is related to her being biracial and being an advocate, and what and in schools and like her dissertation. Like it, she's That's amazing. Awesome. I mean, yeah. she's like an amazing person, and I I like am in awe of her. And I always have been. And I've always really respected her, but like I didn't even I didn't have a conception of like that 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 would be problematic. That I would like need to need to acknowledge her race like that. But that's also, too, I feel like the majority of microaggressions, people don't realize that, like, it's problematic or that, like, the people don't realize, like, they're not, do they, a lot of them don't have a malicious intent or. No. I mean, there's some people that do. Some. As we discussed. Yes. As we discussed yeah. earlier. Yes. But that's a thing. And sometimes when people are called out on it, it doesn't even matter how nice you're being. Some people then 
because they don't realize that it was a microaggression. So then they're offended and it's like, it just gets escalated where it's just like, can we just like have a conversation and be like, that kind of hurt my feelings. Like, and let's just be done with it. And it doesn't have yeah, to be a okay. whole you thing. Like, you but then you just be on your saying. high horse of like, oh my God, I'm, I, I don't mean have, it. You can't call me a racist. I'm not a racist. I have no racist da, 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 da. anything. You, you have biases. Okay? It's like we all have biases. We all do. We do. Me included. Even myself. Yes. I do. I have biases. I will stand up all day long and I, I will fucking tell you what my biases are. Like, it. I, not that I'm quote unquote proud of them, but I will take responsibility for them because it's my responsibility to do that. And that's why I even tell the story about my friend because, and I did take responsibility for it later. Once once it clicked in my head and it was something that she posted and it wasn't long ago. It was probably like a year or two ago that she posted something of like people constantly calling, like calling out her race or something. I can't remember what it was, but I remember being like, you know what? That's, that's something that I've thought about for a while. And I just never said to you that I regret saying X, Y, and Z seven years ago. And like thing, like we said, things have changed a lot in the last five years like about race and about how we talk about it and how we think about it and I mean it hasn't really changed for me because I think it's really changed for me in the last 10 years I'd say not so much the last five but for a lot of people it's been really recent and she had posted something about it and I said I just I've never like said to you directly that like that's cringy but to me I've cringed about it for at least the last four or five years yeah like since I've thought about doing that and she's like it's like Katie it's good (laughs) Like, like it's all good but but I think we have an obligation, if you have a privilege, to take responsibility for your privilege, to acknowledge your privilege. Yes. And it doesn't mean that you haven't had any bad experiences, that you haven't struggled, that you haven't had anything. It just You haven't struggled because of your race. And that's yes. okay. You've, I've, I've struggled lots of different reasons, lots of different ways. And that's also valid. But it's, it has nothing to do with me being white. Nothing I've gone through has yep. anything to do with me being white. Like, even as a biracial woman, like, I have privileges, I can admit. One of them being um, my family's social class, like, two. Like, sure, both yeah. my parents make a decent living, like, and my grandma's been able to support me. Like, I have, yeah, like, I grew up, like, monetarily wise, like, that's a privilege. And I, I, I'm not afraid to admit it, like, you yeah, know, like. Same, literally. So I just like, it earlier in the episode, it's like admit your privilege like it's okay it doesn't mean that you're any less of a person yeah that you're any less compassionate that you're any less understanding of what it feels like to be in pain and to struggle you just don't feel pain about that particular thing exactly and it's just like your privilege like can sometimes make you not see how other people struggle because like you've never had to struggle like i've never had to worry oh my gosh is our water gonna shut off some no. people have had to like live through stuff like that. Yes, and people I know and love dearly, but it's like also like admit that because you've not firsthand had that experience, you have a you do have some blind spots that are that could that could get in your way or may not and in relationship with in relations with other people that do have that experience. Mm-hmm. But there are some things I have a blind spot to because I just don't understand. Like, I, I, I mean, I just, I don't firsthand understand, but I can still be compassionate, yeah. right? Like, I can still, and I think there's a balance. There, there's, there's a precious balance to this being white, and I think a lot of, like, privileged white people get frustrated because it is such a pre- precious balance of, like, 
of finding the because there's the term like the white knight of like being or the white savior oh the white savior complex yes so there's that so you definitely don't want to be that like you definitely don't want to be like oh like i'm gonna like defend all black people like chill the fuck out like no you don't you really don't get it yes even though you have great intentions behind that and we see you but like no um, well, if you're doing it to try and like and like make yourself feel better, that's the, that's a huge. Well, that's also the problem. With it. That's a problem. But also, it insinuates that like you understand the struggle like firsthand of what it's like to be black, and you don't. So like, to just be an ally. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's precious balance, but it's not that hard. Yeah. But then there's like the other side of like, of, I guess of just like. Of people that are privileged and don't necessarily recognize all their own privileges and feeling like they can never say the right thing and so I kind of get that but like I also don't understand as someone that I constantly call myself out of like you know what I did wrong when, yes, but that's whether good. I mean it's that's separate from acknowledging my biases in general I'm constantly taking responsibility for all kinds of things so for me it's like yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. Like, I can acknowledge yeah. that. Yeah, I fuck. I literally have said some cringy ass shit. Like, that's embarrassing. And, like, I'm not proud of it. But, and I would like to move, to behave differently in the future. Yeah. But I'm not going to get it perfect. I'm just not. Because I don't get it. Like, I don't relate. Yeah. In that, in a, in a firsthand experiential way. So I'm not going to get it right. There's inherently, I won't. But what do you think about white people that don't, like that make joke that make jokes that like don't mean it but like it's still funny and like you know what i'm saying but like, like could be offensive though yeah like, like offensive racially charged jokes what do i think about them yeah They're where just... do they fall where do they fall in the hierarchy of like okay you have like let's say we like put racism yes <laughs> yes and white people in a, in a yeah. hierarchy of like how racist are you well, yeah right um you know kkk is at the top and like and then you kind of go like down like where do like your i don't want to say your average white person but like someone that looks to the naked eye average and doesn't like has doesn't identify as racist and like identifies that racism is bad and like you know all the things but like will laugh along with or will make a racially charged joke i feel like it's there's two things either one they really just are not self-aware at all and just don't know how to like check themselves or like educate themselves on how these jokes can be problematic or not or two, they just don't fucking care. They're just gonna make the joke. Okay, and then <laughs> like but, I so, don't like I at least fair. for me, that's what I think. Like it's either yeah. like no, I think that's fair. Honestly, if you don't if you don't give a fuck, okay, so if you don't give a fuck, you know it's problematic, but you just don't give a fuck because you know it's funny. Like and you're you, like, well, oh, what's gonna happen to you for making a joke? Like if you're white, making a joke about black people, like what's gonna happen to you? Probably nothing. Yeah, it's not. You're not gonna think about it ever again, but. For that one person, it might be a core memory like it was. Those kids on the bus that told you you have an afro, they would not even be able to recall that conversation. Right, they're like, I don't even remember saying that on the bus. Well, I do because, like, it was traumatizing. Yeah, but for you, it's like you've carried that with you for over 20 years. Yeah. And it's like, is a joke really worth it? 
Yeah. Is it really worth it at that point? To me, no. To me, no. To me, it's not worth it. Um, but then you also have a lot of white people that say, and like my friend that's white passing has also talks a lot about this. It's amazing what white people will say in the presence of only other white people. Yes. Versus what they'll say uh, when that's not true, you know, or when they're with black people. I mean, it's just, I, I can tell you firsthand it's not the same. Yeah. Like, I I witness it on a regular, regular basis. And like, I probably have been. Clearly. Yes. <laughs> that's I mean, that's why we're here. That's why we're sitting here. That's why we're sitting here. <laughs> Literally, yeah. There's some problematic shit that was said behind closed doors is just only white people around. Right. Right. So. And, and. And does that make – we're not going to have a conversation whether, whether this makes Bueller racist or not. I think I've shared enough details of that those conversations for you guys to make your own judgment of whether he's – whether what he said was racist or not, whether he's a racist or not. But I think, like, ultimately, I think there there is something problematic about – and, 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 pe- and, like, the white people that want to say, like, oh, there's no, I- like, everyone's the same. There's no issues with racism. It's like, well, then why is it so different, the conversations we have, when it's just white people behind closed doors versus when there's, div- like, you're in diverse, quote, unquote, diverse company. Like, what the fuck? If, if it really yeah. were all the same, then why do we have to code switch or why do we have to... Uh, monitor and change our language so much like why do I have to think so intentionally about yeah. what I say yeah. if that were true if we were all the same and there's no issues and no one was racist anymore like why would I have to think so deeply about what I say and to make sure that it's not offensive yeah well even for me too like when especially if it's like it's majority white people if they're like well I don't see color Color that mind is, is so, so offensive. It's like, such bullshit. Like, I could never marry a dude who's like, well, I don't see color. You don't see me? You don't see me and my whole experience and who I am? Really? Like, of course you don't have to see color because this whole fucking world was made for you to be on top. So, like. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it. You don't it's have good. to. But it's, like, there. Like, that is what. Oh, when people say they don't see color. It's really, no. it's really an antiquated thing. I think colorblindness, like, came into, uh, I'd say popularity, but it did. It came into, like, uh, the mainstream in, um, the eight, I think it was the 80s that it, like, really started to get traction. Okay. Was, like, the colorblind, like, like we're all the same. Like, you think we about, all bleed red. You think about the, like, that you know, like, the, you know, stick figures holding hands around the world, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, at the end of the day, yeah, we're all human, and I think it's important to – and, and, yes, and, and for the 80s, like, that was just on the heel. Really, the 80s was, like, truly not that, like, really freshly off the civil rights movement, where before the civil rights movement, like, black people were, like, a different – basically fucking species at that Pretty point much, where yeah. you had to like couldn't even fucking drink at the same drinking fountain yeah. so for the for the for uh, for pe- like i think it was a really well-intentioned movement is what i'm saying is like it really was at the time forward thinking of like we are the same like they're really not that different from us like we're inside like we're literally the same like all human beings so like i get it but what it missed and what and what people that continue to adopt like the colorblind mentality miss is that it 
is really important to like acknowledge your experience mm-hmm. and your identity as being biracial or being black or being Asian or being Hispanic or you know what what have you it just you don't you don't have to like disassociate from your your experience to so for us to all be the same you're not yeah. you didn't have a experience of being white like no. you just simply yeah. didn't you know and I like I simply didn't have an experience of being black so like I want to acknowledge and like people get so fucking pissed off it's a similar thread people get so pissed off at me when I say I'm not a feminist because and the, and I say I don't think men and women are the same and they're like people like when the whole toxic masculinity episode came out with Brad and Gabby people were like triggered like people were in my dms like what the fuck katie like you can't fucking make a women empowerment podcast and say that you're not a feminist and i'm like hear me out i'm like i hear you and but there are a lot of subcategories of the feminist movement that a want women to be treated exactly the same as men and like we're all the same we're not i have men have not experienced what I've experienced as a woman. So I don't want to be just put in the same box as, as men. I see what you're saying. They do not get my struggle as a female. Like they don't get my struggle. They don't get my experience. They don't get what it's like. You don't get what it's like to have your fucking rights taken away. Right. Like you don't know what it's like. So like, let's not pretend that we're the same. Understand that I've struggled more than you. Understand that I've gone through more oppression than you. Even just in my own experience, let alone we can go unpack all the historical fucking context of how men and women are the same. And feminism wants to equalize us. We're not. We're not the same. We're never going to be the same. But we do deserve equity and we do deserve those things. And I'm not, and I would never for a second say, I don't believe men and women deserve equity. Yeah. We we deserve the same opportunities and same income and the right to vote. Like Jesus fucking Christ. Like I don't, you (laughs) don't believe in women's suffrage. Like fuck. But like, no, I think there's a lot of parts of the feminist movement that are problematic. So it's the same thing of like white, you know, colorblindness. It's like just to deny who you are like that sucks it's the same thing i could say the same thing as like with religion like the whole like let's not celebrate any holiday at school i hate that shit i think it's fucking stupid well it's like then why are we just celebrating like christian stuff like we should be celebrating them like or like why don't we have an opportunity to sell to learn about all the religions instead of saying no religion at school why don't we be like, hey, this is what the Christians think. This is what the Jews think. This is what the Hindus think. Muslims this is what think. the Buddhists, the Muslims. Like, why can't we have a well-rounded, comprehensive experience of acknowledging from a young age that people are inherently different from us and that doesn't make them any better or worse, but they're different. And like, let's learn about how to normalize it. Normalize being different. So it's not a problem. When you don't normalize it, you either minimize it and pretend it doesn't exist yep. Or you elevate it to the point of, like, it's a problem. It's the opposite ends of the spectrum that both suck. It's, like, literally just normalize that we're different. And, like, I think back to my experience of having an Indian neighbor on my left and and a black family on my right, and we were white in the middle. And it was, like, I don't know. I didn't even think anything of it as a little kid. It was, like, whatever. I don't know. That's just how people are. It's, like, just normalize it. It's not that difficult. But I think it – we like see it's not that difficult like right now but like well it's simple but it's not simple, simple. like it's, it's not, not simple. actually but it simple. comes down to like also to like 
who has power and stuff. And that can be a whole other podcast too. Cause it's like, Oh, if we like equalize or make things equitable for everybody, then whoever has been on top historically, they're like, what the fuck? Like, we don't like this. Cause now you're telling me I'm about to be the same as Joe yes. Schmo over here. Yes. That's a whole problem too. They're like, I don't want that. Cause I like feeling better than people. That's and what- I like feeling I have power over people. Well, it's not even that they like it. It's that they didn't even, they weren't even aware of it, that they have the, the majority. Like, they weren't even aware that they had that power. That's just all they've known. So then as soon as you start to take take it away, right, equalize, as they say, like, that's uncomfortable. What do you mean? And, like, there's this, like, what the fuck? Like, no, 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 I don't, like, keep things the way that they were, because, like you said, because I have the majority. But I don't think there's the awareness of that power. I don't I don't think the awareness comes along with it necessarily. I think once you start to put everybody on a level playing field, that's when the people of the majority start to realize it. So then they resist. Yeah. Right? They resist the change. And I think that's what we're seeing in politics right now. But I feel like it's like what, we're in twenty twenty two now? Like you don't have an excuse to like not self-reflect and to like realize your privileges and stuff like that so to me when you're like oh well i still everybody's the same no it's a cop out that's literally a cop like i hate that it's that's just like that is you being privileged to be able to cop out of that it's un. it's yeah it's just like unevolved and like how could you and then so like what like what we what we the whole point of this is like what it means for you now is like a single 20 something is like what do you experience in dating of like have like do you so do you date more white guys in general yes. have you dated only white guys well what does date mean what's the or like what do you categorize as date like what's had the, like sexual experiences like the whole spectrum like from like went on a date with to like was in a relationship with like we like whatever like we could um, just put it all so- in a big category then I guess there was, like, one black guy that I went on, like, a couple dates with. But, like, that was it. So, like, your whole dating experience has been just white men? Yeah. So, like, what's that? Like, how has that come up? Like, that's got to have come up. Like, you've ha- you've dated racist men. I've had to. I have to assume. Yeah. Like, or, or men or that have, have, yeah, that have, like, extremely internalized racism that don't even know it. Yeah, and then, like, say like, some whack-ass fucking shit. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Like, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, obviously being raised in, like, an all-white community. Like, I never really had, you know, like, guys around that, like, weren't white. And, like, I've always known, like, I've liked boys. Like, in kindergarten, I've had, like, my crushes and stuff like that. But it was, like, my only options were, like, white guys. And, like, I didn't... You know, it's not like I had my biological dad in my life where I could, like, go have, you know, the black culture and stuff like that. It just, like, wasn't available to me. Um, So, I just what I was grown up in. I mean, where you live now is, like, predominantly white, too. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like, you know, where you're moving to. Uh, Yeah, and I'm buying a house (laughs) in the town that kind of traumatized me, which is, like, kind of. We love that town. but Like, yeah, yeah, and I love that town still. But, like, yeah, it's just I have never really had the effort i don't know if i had the opportunity that's probably a bad way to say it but like just do you feel more attracted to white guys it's on a baseline i mean your your experience would say yeah like if you just put your track record you just wrote it down of all the white guys you've been with versus black yeah and i and that and i like yeah and it's like something that like 
I feel like it's fucked up. There's Honestly. probably something to that psychologically, like, internalized stuff. But, like, I don't necessarily think you – I don't think if you're black or biracial, like, you should be with someone that's black or biracial. Like, I don't think that that, that – like, that doesn't feel right either. But I don't – I don't know. I mean, per, like, I think we all have preferences. I don't think there's – I don't think it's some – I think it's something that you can notice but not necessarily need to change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but also I feel like I don't have, like – like some of my like African-American girlfriends are always like yelling at me like you don't need to seriously date a black guy and like all this stuff and I'm just like oh my gosh like I know I I probably like should but it's just like it just hasn't like happened yet like who knows like I'm single maybe, like, maybe you'll like my husband might be black, black I, mean, yeah. I don't even know like you know like I'm like single as a Pringle right now so I'll um yeah. but but like what like can you think of a couple examples of like what you've experienced with white guys that have just been super problematic like, do they fetishize? Do some guys fetishize you? Because I feel like that's a thing. Being a being a curvier woman, they like sometimes make me a fetish. Like they're like, oh, I've never been with like a curvier girl or whatever. I'm like, oh, dude, yeah. shut the fuck up. Like, I don't care. Like, that's so weird. That's so weird. Well, Gross. most white guys that I've been with say um, something along those lines sexually like <laughs> sexual I'm like sexual <laughs> activities sorry if any of my family's listening <laughs> but uh um most of them if i ask them like have you ever like been with like a woman of color like whether it be like black whatever and like most of them like i'll be like their first time being with a girl that's like not white and is, is that something now that you'd say you're used to? Yeah. Like, it's not, like, something that you that bothers you? I don't know if it really bothers me, because I'm just like, okay, but, like, even, like, going back in high school, like, I only had, like, a couple, like, serious boyfriends in high school, but I remember, like, looking back, like, some guys, I feel like they genuinely, like, had a crush on me and, like, liked me. But they'd only, like, want to hang out with me, like, in private. Or, like, they never wanted oh, us yes, to be officially, sis. like, boyfriend and girlfriend. They want to acknowledge that they yeah. really like you. And I, like, and I feel like yeah, a lot there. of it had to do with, like, maybe they were, like, they, maybe their parents were racist. Like, maybe they, like, knew they couldn't bring home a girl who, like, wasn't white and stuff. And, yeah. like. Well, like, how does that, like, yeah, when you. I mean, it's, again, like, when I said, like, guys fetishize bigger girls, like, yes, like, that's a thing, like, with guys. It's like, oh, I like you, but I like you behind closed doors. Yeah. And that does mind fuck you to some extent. Like, you can you can deny that it does. You can do a ton of work on yourself and, like, be okay with yourself as we do. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it fucking sucks. Like, it's just, like, fuck, like shitty and it's shitty that you're attracted to those kind of guys yes <laughs> more like why do i like those guys yes and like <laughs> i would say probably the majority of guys i've been with throughout my life they probably do yes they just like me behind closed doors like they probably think that that's hot or whatever and like yeah it's like oh i'm gonna like yeah like and i really do think but like yeah but then it's when it's like oh like but then can i be your girlfriend or like oh no like, oh god we can't have a commitment you know, like I need, yeah. oh, I need the Sally white girl who goes to church every Sunday. You know, okay, well. like okay, well, that's not me. But it's like, but it's like, leave me alone either way. First of all, fucker, and like I don't know. I just think it's so interesting that people want to like put this whole, I don't know, persona or like idea out there that like none of that exists and that it's so easy and that 
if you're and even if you're i think there's some people that think if you're biracial i mean there is some privilege whether they, if you have any if you're white at all there's some privilege associated yes. with that I'm yes not saying there isn't but when it comes to like dating and romantic relationships i think it is like a new i think it's like a new kind of it's a new um angle that you have to kind of i don't know what's the word i'm looking for I don't know, reflect on your identity or like call and, and, and notice other people's biases. Like, yeah. I think, I think it's a new way that you notice other people's biases yeah. that you didn't notice as a kid. Yeah. And that you, like when you were coming into yourself and so it's like, fuck, I have to like grapple with like people, like are certain people are going to date me or not date me because of my color. And like, honestly, I don't have that thought. Yeah. As a white woman. I mean, I think about them dating me because of my weight or, yeah. to have this podcast or like for other things right and like and it sucks I'll tell you it sucks and I know that feeling of feeling just inherently rejected for who you are or what you do that sucks but that's that's a layer right it's yeah. like well if I were white would they say that about me or would maybe they date me yeah like fuck like that's that's painful especially if you like the guy even and though like fuck him because he doesn't deserve it the thing too especially you know when it comes to like being a person of color like there's like literally nothing i can do to like change that like how you're yeah. saying i'm not trying to like invalidate your experience but, like how you're saying, no oh, like, no it's like yeah, my- i could lose weight i could change my appearance i could delete my podcast it's like yes. absolutely not the same it's not the <laughs> like, same I'm not trying, but, but like it's like no like literally i cannot right. do that is just the color you are. Like, I can't do anything about You're, that. You are 1,000% right. And that is what makes it different of, and I'm really glad you said that because it's a great example of, yes, we can all have struggles and we can all feel rejected. Yes. And we can all fucking deal with hard shit. And I'm not saying what I deal with isn't, isn't hard. Yeah. But, but it's not like that. It's not like being a certain color. It's like, there's nothing I can, con- you can conceal about that. There's nothing you can hide about that. And if you did, people would know. And like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's totally fucking different. Yeah. It's not a choice. It's how you were born. And you have one side of the coin that people are like, you need to identify it. You need to identify, embrace, and be proud of it. And like sing it from the rooftops, which you should. But then also there's this side of it of like, yeah, but like inherently some people don't like me and I don't want to feel rejected. And so it's like constantly having to negotiate those two things. That's like way harder than, or way, whatever, harder, or you could say harder or more complex than most other things that you may struggle with in regards to your identity. Yeah, no, you're right. I 100% don't get that. Yeah, 100% don't get what it's like. Just be like this, even if you're like at your best, like everything's amazing. Like, yeah, you're so black. There's some guys like Bueller. (laughs) And so, and that makes it like, and so again, like it just puts it into perspective of how shitty it is for someone like Bueller to say that. Right. Like, I wish I could have, like, if I was like, white. Like, we're going like, to bring I'm it like, full circle here, you know? Yeah, like, like I, like I if I was all white and I heard that, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's messed up. But, like, I probably, it's just different. Hearing that was like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, you're it's telling. Like, you don't know anything You're telling what me it's like. you think it's gross if these people have sex with these people. Like, that's the whole reason I'm here. So if you think that's gross, like, you, inherently, you probably didn't think my whole existence is gross yeah how can you how can you say that and then not own that and and then for your again again we're bringing it full circle here like and then for your best friend to be like and 
and to totally deny that and then like stand on the soapbox of like it's not racist nothing about that like that then like you know what I mean like totally deny that entire and invalidating my and invalidate my feelings what I heard whether it's true or not like yeah it's like what the fuck like that that it's so egregious it's it is it really really is and and to have someone that you were that close with for that amount of time and like I I'm not trying to sit on my high horse by any means like I I mean it's not like he said that to me and I just was like and we're done you know it wasn't like he right. said that shit to me and, and you I was still like, dated him I still dated him yeah he said a lot of things there there was a lot of things I didn't even put in the podcast that he said that his friends said that he laughed at that he thought was funny right that and there and I could and there's other examples in my life of things that I've heard other people say that is totally problematic that I've turned the other cheek to as because and I can because that's I can because that's my privilege right well and I have learned as a biracial woman to turn my other cheek to stuff too I was fully I mean, willing yeah, to be like at some point it's like not worth it I was in this situation I was ready to be like it's like let's you just were ready to turn the other cheek you I were... was literally about to be like I will try and just pull this out of my brain we never have to talk about it again it never yeah. happened because this friendship is worth more than that so like I feel like I've been the master almost of like, oh, it's fine. Like turning the other cheek, even though deep down I'm like, holy shit, this is really hurting my feelings. But even worse that you tried to do that and then your friend was like, and no, unless you fully fucking believed that and you acknowledge like that that's fine and you're okay with it and like and that never happened. And how could you even have a reaction to me, to your best friend even dating someone? Like, you know what I mean? Like just yeah. the whole thing was so – um just such a like gross abuse of privilege in my opinion of like just being so offended that you would even have any type of feeling about it and not willing to like validate that yeah. as a friend and that has nothing to do I would be I fucking would be saying that if whether I was involved with Bueller or not like if I heard that story of a friend doing that like it's not okay I would never do it I, I just I would never do that and that's all like and but 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 he said all kinds of shit about my best friend that was trans yeah and i just i didn't i mean i told him i thought that was wrong yeah but i didn't break up with him yeah and again that was my whole fucking point of telling the story <laughs> is like that was shitty you were as betraying fuck. your kind of like values or like, like yes yes just to make it work with a man just so i could be in a relationship and Ugh. just so i could be loved i th i was willing to throw away my values i was willing to throw my own fucking friends under the bus so i'm not fucking saying that i'm any better than sloan but what i am saying is that i saw the light and i have like really intentionally tried to make a change for the better over the last several months of trying to recognize that how problematic that was yeah and want people in my life that support who i am what i want what i believe and i'm i mean ultimately it's a gift that you're able to prioritize your energy and time on friendships that champion you and who you are and not and not focus on validating their own like selfish needs that aren't even really like healthy yeah. in the first place um 
But yeah, I, I think that's just again like I'm glad we we did really bring it full circle. I'm proud of us. Um, but like, yeah, no, I think it's I think it's really it's it's it. I think I have so many friends that are like get so I don't know not high and mighty but just get like oh my god yeah like I'm so sick of being painted as a villain because I'm white and I hope that you walk away from this episode of like okay that's really not what the message is but the message is is just like let's just be honest and open and authentic and transparent of what being privileged is and what it isn't yes so I love it and I'm really glad you were here and I'm glad that we like got to develop a friendship even though it was under shitty circumstances under very yeah and I'm sorry that you lost a friend. I really am. And I'm going to, and I told you this, but I'm going to say it on the podcast too. It's like, I just, that was never what I hoped or even thought was possible after like creating bitching to hear this. And it's like, I knew, I knew Sloan's situation of like being really good friends with you and like being very liberal and, and all that. Like, it's not that I didn't have any awareness of that, but I guess I just didn't think, I guess I just didn't think that anybody betrayed their values as much as I did. So I just like, wow. I just assumed that people would like not react that way. Cause, but it's been a theme lately for me of like, I underestimate how sometimes like not like how shitty people can be at times. Like I, I'm like, I think the best of people I truly do, even in the worst of circumstances. Yeah. And I really didn't think that that would happen. So but I'm and I'm sorry that did. But ultimately, I think I hope it's provided you from some gifts and lessons. And I'm glad it inspired this episode yes. and has gotten other people to think and reflect on their own biases and their own experiences. And, you know, again, if Bueller and Sloan, you made it to the end of the episode. Like, do you have any parting words? Because this is the final nail in the coffin. Fucking oh hit it. <laughs> um. I guess this is just me living my truth and fully speaking my feelings and the emotions I had with all this that kind of transpired. And it's like, I've went through rough shit being biracial my whole entire fucking life. Um, This isn't like the first time something problematic has like come up, but maybe this is the first time that I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of like maybe done being around people like that. Like this is me choosing myself i'm going to live my life whether certain people are in it or not and who knows like is she gonna be the last friend i lose i don't know but all i know is that i can just control which direction i'm gonna go in which people i want to surround myself with doesn't fucking matter if i've known you for five months 13 years like i'm just gonna do things that's gonna make my life better and Prosper elevate me. you yeah fuck yeah fuck yeah snaps like, for jordan I just we are fucking proud of jordan and we are here to hype her up and you know that the bitch need to hear this community is behind you because they're behind me and like 90 percent of them fucking hate bueller so <laughs> so inherently they're about it but even if they weren't i think this is a great message of like of really taking an inventory of who's in your life and what value added they bring and what they don't and having a really realistic conversation about that so i'm proud of you for doing that thank you and i'm proud of you too for having this podcast like i've always been like women raising up other women and their stories too like when i first even heard the first episode i was like how the fuck am i supposed to hate this like this is like 
my bread and butter. Like people <laughs> telling like their truths and like the shit they've been through, whether it's been with family or men or like at the end of the day, like it doesn't even like matter the context. It's just like empowering women We're and their stories, regardless up. of like what it's, what the background of it is. And you know what, Sloan, if you see the light and you see the truth, I feel like at least for me, I'm not going to speak for Jordan. For me, I would totally be willing to have a conversation with you that was uplifting and was positive. I don't have any, I'm in a totally different position, but I don't, I think if you were willing to acknowledge and take responsibility for some things that happened, I would be willing to hear you out and have a restorative conversation. I don't know about Jordan, but I think having some self-awareness and taking responsibility for where we went wrong is like my whole shtick. So, but sometimes, and I'm learning the hard way with some people, that sometimes the damage is too much, and they're like, it's just gone too far, and um, I think you can forgive someone, but not allow them back into your life, or whatever, or make what happened okay, but my point is, if you ever decide that your situation isn't ideal, there is a, there is a, tribe of people that would support that <laughs> jordan's looking at me like don't be the bigger person <laughs> i really do think i would be though that would never that's well, not gonna happen it's like, i you know, never gonna happen. i do hope you know i guess things work <laughs> out i because I, I don't like to be like a mean person i don't think i'm mean but it's like what transpired was fucked up and just being casted aside like that so easily. I don't think you just forgive that and come back from that like and I'm not saying like I like that didn't happen to me so I think it, like I'm saying like for me speaking individually like it's very different for than for you like I think truly like once that happens in a friendship it's never the same I did a friendship breakup episode where it was like we had this huge falling out and like I love Riley but like it's never this never gonna yeah. be the same and I not discrediting that at all because like I went through that so like I totally totally get that but I think I think there's room like I'm just saying it's not too late is my point it's never too late to acknowledge that you were wrong and that this or you didn't handle things appropriately this was a shitty situation that's all I'm saying it doesn't have to be kumbaya we don't have to all hold hands and be besties I'm just saying that it's not too late and I know enough about Bueller and the time that I was with him that and, I'll, and I said it and I'll say it again. He's inherently not a bad human being. I just think he's very misguided. And I think he has like a lot of fucked up views on the world. But I know his heart. And I know like that's that's it's like two separate things to me. And I hope that I do wish you guys the best. I hope things work out. And ultimately, Jordan and I are also thriving and doing very well and living in our truth and our authenticity and I think we can all just move forward from this experience having learned a lot and having found the relationships and the people that we're meant to be in. Yes. And cheers to that. And cheers. So I wish I could clink, reach you. I know. Clink. Like, clink. I, like I even know I'm out. <laughs> um, ladies, this has been a super fun episode of Bitch, You Need to Hear This. And a long, like I said, it was a long time coming. And I'm proud of us for being mature. 
um mature mature. and not super petty i could have been way more petty and you all know it so we're all petty at some point yeah i mean you know especially the people that know the whole backstory like you know i could have been way more petty so um i love you all have an amazing week i'll be back next sunday with an amazing lady and her inspiring resiliency story until next week this has been bitch you need to hear this (laughs) 